everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Civil Discourse. This is Caleb, your host. Of course, as always, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed them all, but this one was fun. I made a new friend. Can't wait to introduce you. We talked about the constitutional carry law that just passed in Georgia. We also talked about Chris Smalls and the Amazon Labor Union and their big win in New York. We talk a little bit about Ukraine and then we end the show doing one of my favorite activities, making fun of Elon Musk. Thanks, Holt, for coming by. I really appreciated you helping me with my show. Can't wait to have you on again. But before we get into the show, just a quick reminder, the Student Spin podcast is a sister media to the Six Mile Post newspaper at Georgia Highlands College in Rome, Georgia. The views in this podcast do not represent those of the Six Mile Post or Georgia Highlands College. Let's get into the episode. So today is April 6, 2022. I'm in here today with Holt Brewster. Holt is a Georgia Highlands College student himself. Uh, Holt, nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, I've never actually done a podcast before. I think it'll be kind of interesting. To you have a good point. podcast voice. Uh, I just have a good voice in general. And a good like podcast that. face. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> good voice or good face for radio. Yeah, exactly. I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, um, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I have never done a podcast before. I'm excited to see how it goes. It's not as intimidating as it feels. <laughs> no, this is something I feel like I can do pretty well. So, you know, on Civil Discourse, we like to talk about a, a local story, a national story, an international story, and then something more kind of internet pop culture related. As far as locally, um, biggest kind of story that came to me was the fact that constitutional carry, otherwise known as HB2 law, passed Georgia Senate uh, 34 to 22. Basically, what this is, is a permitless carry law. You don't have to have a permit to conceal carry. Right. What do you feel about that? I feel like any measure that's going to increase the number of people that carry guns is going to naturally increase the number of damage caused by guns. Okay. And I understand why they wanted to go this route. It helps. It soothes their constituents. Mm-hmm. Um, Republicans, the ones I worried about, people taking away their guns. Yeah. And so they're like, well, here, we'll get rid of this one regulation. I, I'm a little worried about this, the environment this is going to create. And I mean, fundamentally, this doesn't change a whole lot because you still have to be of age. Yeah. You still have to not have a felony. Like none of that has changed. Um, you know, there are still laws in place to keep guns out of certain people's hands. And essentially what this does is it just takes out parts of the bill that mention needing a carry permit. And if feel, my question is, why, why did our politicians feel like this was a necessary measure to pass? And it just feels very hollow and very performative to me. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, actually. Uh, it just, it's not a thing like substantive. It's always, it just seems like, look, we got rid of this regulation that affects your guns. Like yeah. pat us on the back and vote for us next election cycle. Exactly. And I mean, I could be wrong. It could be like this has virtually no effect on like the number of like gun violence that mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not going to make it better. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair to say. I was watching a video on YouTube of a police officer in Atlanta who was just talking about it and he had to reiterate, you still can't go into a private business with, with you know open or or concealed carrying if that private business doesn't allow it on their premises right and i just worry about 
are we going to have a bunch of people trying to open carry AKs into <laughs> Target? Mm. Uh, it, it just feels like, again, just like, what's the purpose of that? And I, I'm not usually a centrist on things, but like, as far as like gun rights, I mean, I'm I'm from the South. I've kind of been raised around them. My uncle was right. a hunter. You know, I, I definitely knew what guns were and I knew that right. they were had to be handled carefully. Yeah. Well, like the argument that we're not even arguing the statistic that there's more guns in America than Americans. My family contributes that. I think there's probably they outnumber us in my house two to one. Yeah, well, at least <laughs> um, most of them are rifles, but um, yeah, for yeah. hunting and shotguns. But still, like in most like you talk to a foreigner about that and that just baffles them. But like, mm-hmm. but no, you need like you need this gun for hunting, this kind of thing and this gun for hunting, this kind of thing. And this one for when people come into your house and like mm-hmm. when this one, when you don't want to leave a body behind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> And again, just kind of like being in the South, you know, I've been seeing people carry guns on their hips for a very long time. And yeah. it's not necessarily something that I even think about now. Like, it, it's not something that really crosses my mind when I see it. But right. it's definitely something that people from other parts of the country who maybe have stricter gun laws, like when they come here, they notice it. It is even in America, it's a culture thing. Like up north, like mm-hmm. you said, there's more yeah. stricter gun laws. Yeah. And even like compared to like Georgia, compared to like Texas, mm-hmm. you know. Texas is very, very open to open carry. Yeah. Whereas here, it, it, it's kind of common, but I'm still like most people that I would think would be shocked if they saw someone just open carrying mm-hmm. like on the sidewalk. And this bill right, specifically yeah. covers concealed carry, right? Before it was specifically illegal to like mm-hmm. concealed carry on these. Like, yeah, it seems like it's... they're talking about like government public properties. Right. That's what it looks like. And then they struck that out so that mm-hmm. now you can have. And they're striking out any uh, portions of the bill that actually mention requiring a permit uh, to conceal carry. So Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So again, it's just it's it's very odd. It it seems very meaningless and Yeah, like you said it's performative. Yeah. It's to get a reaction to like say, hey, look, we're fighting against these people that are trying to take away. I feel like they're not really, they want it to seem like they're expanding rights, but are they really? Like, how how is this expanding your rights as a gun owner? Yeah. Like I said earlier, I think that taking the action that causes the least amount of harm is the best action to take. And with this, if anything, this is going to, I feel like, increase gun violence. And granted, Sometimes you got to like put in some like stoppers on people's behavior in order to protect the greater good. That's why we have speed limits. But it's the same thing with this. Like most people can probably be all right with having a concealed carry permit, but society only moves as fast as the slowest member. So if we have someone that's going to take advantage of that, that's why laws are in place. Right. So this is, I feel like it's going to at the very least cause there are going to be incidents. I feel like that are going to arise because of this. Yeah, that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on gun violence in Georgia, because if it rises, you know, I I feel like that's going to be a direct correlation to this. If it it stays the same, if it low, like it's going to be interesting either way. I mean, I hate to. It's horrible that we're sort of gambling with people's safety. It does feel like the sort of thing we're just going to have to wait and see kind of what the fallout of it is going to be. So that's generally what what I think about it is 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 just I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll have to see sort of what comes from it. And like I said, like I'm I'm used to seeing people, you know, having a gun on their hip anyway. So it's not like, you know, it's it's not like that's really gonna gonna affect much for me as far as what I'm already used to seeing every day. Right. I don't know. I mean, for me it's a little different. I get kind of weirded out when I even I see like cops walking down the street and you know, like having their guns on their holster. 
Yeah. But I don't, it just feels weird. Cause like in most other developed countries, cops don't carry guns. Mm -hmm. But granted, you can argue that they, I mean, we, cops here probably need them because we have the most heavily armed population in the world. (laughs) Right. Like you said. But it's also, I think, just the general kind of like the, um, like opinion of, of cops, especially yeah. how much it's changed since like the COVID protest yeah. some of that summer. My opinion, it's funny how like prior to that, my opinion of cops was pretty neutral. Like I was probably yeah. what most people thought. Like, yeah, no, most cops are good. Some might be bad. Yeah. Then that summer came out like, oh God, it's way more messed up than I thought. There's a something bigger than individual cops going on. There's something here that like we have not addressed. Yes. That needs to be fixed. So now I'm like, I get nervous whenever I just see a cop. Like I completely agree. I never really thought about cops much until really until, you know, Black Lives Matter protest started. And then it was like, okay, there's there's a different perspective on something here. And the people that say like defund the police and the reactionaries say like, what? So you think we shouldn't have cops? Like, no. I don't think we should have cops having armored personnel carriers. Yeah, I don't think and we should have soldiers <laughs> <laughs> patrolling the streets. When you militarize the police, they don't have an enemy fight. The enemy becomes its constituents. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens every single time, like with like military police and stuff. And our <laughs> police are being militarized more and more. The, I think the the requirements that we have to be a cop are way too easy. Like you have to be mm. go to school longer to become a barber than you need to become a cop. Yeah. Like there's just something fundamentally wrong with that. I feel like yeah. like 12 weeks or 20 weeks, if you're lucky to be like, learn how to like uphold the law and like protect citizens. Mm-hmm. It's not long enough. Yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, in their favor, like it, it, it is certainly a dangerous job. I mean, I'm definitely not questioning that, but you know, I, I wonder if, you know, the education was more in depth and the pay was better if, you know, we would have better um, outcomes. Education is, I think, one of the most important things a country needs to focus on is mm-hmm. educating its population and its future generations. You take a lax view on that education and the country suffers. And we're already starting to see it. Mm-hmm. One of the, we're like 26 in the world in yeah. terms of education or something like ridiculous like that. And it's falling behind in like our innovation and like our economic development. Um, you take a look at like a country like Norway and they pay their teachers almost as much as they pay doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it shows and like how they like have their education system done. The same thing with the cops, like not necessarily pay them more, but have them need to be trained more. Like Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And I, I, I guess more so like my point is like if it's such an important job, then it feels like the money that's going towards them isn't going towards improving the actual like their actual lives. It's just going towards here's another gun, here's some more equipment, here's some more bulletproof you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like And, you know, I wonder if that investment was geared more towards giving them more pay, like just improving their quality of life. What's that? And it's also just like a culture thing with cops. Like, I remember seeing the protest and like some of them seemed eager to like actually be part of like a protest. You see like some of these other videos of like this old man that's just walking down the street and he gets pushed to the ground by another police, by a police officer just Mm -hmm. walking. And you start seeing like blood coming out of his ear or like people sitting on their porch just videotaping the cops marching by. And they say, get inside, even though they're on their property. Yeah. And then you just hear the cops say, light them up like he's in a Call of Duty-like game. And mm-hmm. then they start shooting rubber bullets at everyone. Nothing fundamentally wrong with that. I don't uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's Georgia gun laws for <laughs> you. Yeah, I, like I always said, it wasn't going to get political. Gosh darn it, this doesn't get me heated up. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely it's, it's definitely Ugh. a contentious issue. So that's the constitutional carry law in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um Probably my favorite story that's in the news right now is about Amazon uh, unionizing in New York. Yeah. 
I did hear about that. And that I did kind of like pump my fist up in the air when I heard that. That's Absolutely. really exciting. It sets a good precedent. And I hope like you were talking about earlier that other Amazon workers see that and kind of like, kind of look at like their environment and go, Hey, yeah. Like, why can't we get that? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and the fact that this happened, the f- so basically, um, just for anyone who isn't aware, there's an Amazon warehouse in New York that successfully has unionized. Um, so Chris Smalls is, is the Amazon worker or well, former Amazon worker. Uh, he organized a walkout during the height of the pandemic and was fired for it. Uh, Amazon wasn't providing any PPE. Um, they weren't enforcing social distancing. And so Chris Smalls organized a walkout. He was um, shortly fired thereafter. And then he just started a grassroots uh, labor union, the Amazon Labor Union. And like literally starting from nothing, created a union and successfully organized that warehouse. And I was reading about it on CNN. Sarah Ashley O'Brien said it was the first time a group of U.S. workers has successfully voted to form a union in Amazon's 27 year history. And it also is, I don't know, it's crazy to me that it's that old and that young. Yeah, I see what you mean. (laughs) You know, like I'm older than Amazon, but also, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's weird to me. It, it just feels like such a, like a central part of culture right now yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. That it's a, it is kind of weird that it hasn't been around longer. It came um, out when I was three years old. God, <laughs> Jesus. But it has a book selling company. <laughs> yeah, I remember when it was just for books. Yeah. 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 It just kind of shows you just like how quickly it's like some things can just build up mm-hmm. over time if you do it right and you exploit workers in the right way. Oh. I was about to say, where are you going with this? <laughs> I thought about saying, <laughs> if you work hard enough, you can become a billionaire too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if you work no. hard enough and you lack enough empathy, then you too exactly. can become a Bezos. If, uh, yeah. All you gotta do is be sacrifice your workers. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Give them only 10 minutes break with mm-hmm. a three minute walk to the bathroom. Yeah, it was, uh, it was only 55%. Only, yeah, we talked about that. It was only 55% of workers voted to unionize. So, I mean, first of all, what do you think about that? That uh, I mean, you look at like some of the things that like these warehouses put up and it's like just anti-union propaganda. Like, yeah, I literally saw one. It's like, why spend $550 on joining a union when you could spend that on the newest Xbox game system? I'm like, yeah, Jesus because Christ. of, right. That's literally what it said. I think it was for Delta. Yeah. Um, and just like how it's that, that just is demeaning, right? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's incredibly demeaning. You know how that, like, you want your job to be better and you want to get more benefits and you want to be more respected? No, just spend that on a superfluous gaming system. I also love how it, the, the ad wasn't, we'll give you that money. We'll give <laughs> you that raise. It's, no, you still have to spend your own money. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to up your pay or anything. Like you're still going to get the same amount of money, but you can buy an Xbox instead of uh, getting some uh, of freaking human de- decency. Instead of paying for a union. Because um, if, if the company genuinely had their, your best interest at heart, they would not be so scared of unions. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's crazy that in America, we, we go to the voting booth and we demand democracy. Yeah, we demand every vote is counted. But for some reason, when we go to work and we go to the go to clock in, all of that democracy is just thrown on the wayside. Like it's just something for or in the voting booth. What's this phrase I like? And it's a little Marxist. I think it actually comes from a Marxist. Marxist. <laughs> I'm fine with that. personally. <laughs> it's it's definitely pro labor and it's uh, divided. We beg united. We negotiate. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's true. Yeah. And it's like, I would like, we seem to understand that in the early 1900s, you know, like when we, with all these labors and strikes yeah. and labor movements. And it, I don't get why people are so like anti-union. It's the, it's the unions that got rid of children in the workforce and got to start exactly. standardized weekends and 40 hour work days and guaranteed time off. And I mean, it's just effective propaganda. It's, it's it just, really is. It's also, I think, in a way to keep workers less empowered because an empowered worker uh, is more likely to like engage uh, right. in like mm-hmm. political movements and yeah, labor I mean, movements. it's it's when you have someone who's just focusing on survival, financial survival. Yeah, that's all that they're focused on. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's kind of why us as college students have the privilege to actually be able to talk about these things. Because so many other people like don't even have the like most people don't have the time to get on a podcast and talk about this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, you know, it's that it's that it's that isolation of of the workers that just contributes to. First of all, it contributes to the, the general sort of malaise of. Right. You know, being a part of this this labor system that doesn't really care about you. You're yeah. just a number on a page. And then, you know, it affects your, uh, you know, your camaraderie with your coworkers. Um, the isolation, it really goes into like the mental health of, of the worker and really of the populace. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to say I can relate to someone that works in an Amazon warehouse, but I did spend like five months working at a sonar factory. Mm. And let me tell you the. The mental and physical exhaustion that that exhausts on you from doing that for eight hours a day, every single day. Yeah. Um, Saturdays too. We would only get Sunday off because we were supposed to only work Monday through Friday. But sometimes we would like be told on Friday, like, all right, folks, we didn't meet production. So we got to have you come in on Saturday. Yeah. And that would happen every single week. Yeah. It like I would get home and I wouldn't have energy to even cook. Like it's I. I haven't cooked a meal in so long. It's yeah, no, it's crazy. It's if you're going to push your workers to do that, then God, like pay them 30 bucks yeah. an hour. And like if course, you're going to that plant, it's an eight, it has 800 workers on working mm-hmm. on um, over three different shifts. It runs 24 seven. It's the second largest sunroof manufacturer manufacturer in the world. Yeah. Like the factory it is. And of course they try to unionize, but they like did all the same things that everyone else does. They put up anti-union propaganda and the vote didn't pass. It's frustrating. The fact that like so many people are just buy into the propaganda. Right. Yeah. Personally, I think aside from just outright unionizing, one of the best things you can do as a worker is just go to your coworkers and get personal. Like yeah. you know, find out it's about their terrifying. Like for it a is, lot of people yeah. that are just trying to survive. Because so many places in because especially in Georgia, because we're a right to work state. You can get fired if you, if you just start like mentioning yeah, unions. That's true. They'll definitely find a way to to get rid of you. Yeah, uh, and it's never going to be because you were talking about. Yeah, you were five and minutes late. Very so. hard to prove. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, and that's what happened with the, the Amazon <laughs> worker that like Chris staged a walkout, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did you uh, have any anything else to say about the Amazon Union no. other than congratulations? Yeah, and I Chris think that's about it. A hero. Like, I, I'm glad to finally have a win for like something yeah. like this, and mm-hmm. hopefully, other workers look at this and like start looking at their own like situation, and especially once we see like what the actual like, benefits package from this place is, what they actually yeah. end up negotiating for, and we people realize that it is possible. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, as far as like an international story goes, I mean, I, I, it's getting to this point where it's my when I start this portion of the show, it's I start with Ukraine is obviously still in the news. Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, had, was talking to the United Nations, was sharing some 
pretty, well, very horrifying um, pictures and videos of bodies in the streets, you know, horrible things that, um, you know, Russia's done to not only uh, soldiers, but uh, even just citizens. Yeah, it's so Zelensky, he realizes that um, like he's put in a difficult situation with um, the situation with Russia. And he realizes that NATO can't really get involved mm-hmm. uh, in any aspect that requires military action. Because as soon right. as they do, then they enter into a war with a nuclear power. Mm-hmm. But the what Russia is also realizing is they were expecting to take Kiev in like a week. Right. Yeah. They weren't expecting this kind of resistance. And so what they realize is, and with all these sanctions, they're finally starting to catch up with Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia is not good in a long-term logistics kind of strategic military operation as they right. want to put it right um and it's starting to show like you see all these pictures of um like trucks just run out of gas mm-hmm. um and that's the supplies not getting to the front lines because russia relies on their own rails to yeah. get everything to the front lines which works really well until you go outside your own borders right so russia is realizing is okay we need to do something about this mm-hmm. we can either force ukraine to capitulate and like negotiate for like crimea or something right right um because they're realizing that they can't just like take the whole country like they wanted to and make a puppet state or whatever it is they wanted Mm -hmm. to do but the way they do that is by ramping up the war crimes and like Mm -hmm. making it more brutal killing more civilians uh and you'd like talk to like the soldiers they don't really know why what they're doing there yeah they didn't even realize they were in ukraine yeah um they generally didn't understand, and it, it's you, what you realize is the Russian military is very top down from right. with Putin at the very top. Absolutely, and it's also the way they run the, their logistics. Every other like Western military, uh, United States sets the precedent for it. It's a, um, a full logistics system. So as in you ask for what you need on like a, based on what the situation needs. In gotcha. Russia, they tell you what you get. Oh, okay. Which is why the logistics is very not good. That's why like. It seems to be getting worse because right. it's you have a lack of communication with the, with the, the soldiers, so they don't really know what they're doing, which inherently causes like more damage. Right. Putin's getting desperate because he realizes how big this is probably his biggest blunder he's made since. Oh, like, absolutely, of his life. He took office. Yeah, <laughs> Russia is suffering immensely because not only is he and his people suffering, but the oligarchs are suffering. Mm-hmm. Which, if you make the people with money mad. Yeah. Then that's when you get Julius Caesar. Yeah. Like in 27 exactly. nights in the back. Yeah. Um, we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's getting really nervous and he wants to end this as quickly as possible. And the only way to do that is by kicking up the fire. So with um, Zelensky calling out the UN, he's doing the only thing. His only option is just like right. bringing yeah. attention to it. He knows the UN can't get involved. Yeah. But if he calls out and by bringing attention to the atrocities that are being committed, mm-hmm. he can bring the more attention on Russia maybe increase other countries' sanctions on them. Right. Um, I agree. I mean, that's really the only thing you can do in that situation because the the only other option is, you know, nuclear powers going up against each other. And, yeah, and which isn't an option. Just can't happen. That's not an option. Because if it happens, that's it. Something that can only happen once should never happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's scary, man. Uh, so, you know, now we, we like to talk about something a little more internet culture yeah. related, a little more pop culture. And well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) there's really not much to say. There's not much to say. He acted a fool. He slapped someone on stage. 
Everyone talked about it more than the Oscars. It got the Oscars more attention than it's gotten in years. I mean, honestly, the only Smith I care about is Willow, but. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Another interesting thing that I was reading about is, um, you know him, you love him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know him. Yeah, it kind of made my stomach hurt saying you love him. Um, Elon Musk has just become the largest shareholder of Twitter and is now on the board of directors. Quit giving billionaires more power over the media. I just do you remember in 2016 when Michael Bloomberg literally tried to buy the Democratic nomination? That was in 2020, wasn't it? Or 20. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. How is this different? <laughs> yeah. God, next up, we're going to see Elon Musk is running for president. I would, he might actually do well. That, well. No, because he's not a U.S. citizen. He can't. Oh, thank God. <laughs> he's South African. <laughs> I don't know. Knowing Elon Musk, he'll find a way to. <laughs> Grimes could, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Aren't they still together? No, I don't think so. I think they're they're co-parenting. But they're not. Um... I'm sorry. I'm just imagining Grimes as president. And I need to sit with this for a minute. <sighs> it's like I kind of like it, but it's also horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was a Grimes head back in the day mm. and <laughs> honestly I never really knew about her until I learned that she was Elon Musk's wife and mm. then she released some music for Cyberpunk and I started following her okay I never really knew her I know she's like kind of like an older kind of like not like she she's very kind of like early well like, like 2010s yeah it was kind of like new age music right kind of not, not like new, new age, age, but like it, it was it was it was indie electronic. There was like an old internet genre called like Witch House. Interesting. I could I could. That's talk a little day about. My time, I <laughs> like I'm into electronic music now, but like modern electronic music. But no, I I mean she's still kind of a good artist. Yeah, she has <laughs> she's released some music that I think is still pretty good. Like her um, 4 a.m. song that came out is pretty good. Oh, I love that song. Oh my god. I gotta stop talking about her. <laughs> it's it's so hard for me because I was such a fan of her, and then like it, you kind of saw like the slow fall. Like you know, she got really popular, and then it's like right, she started saying some stupid stuff, and then she's wearing Elon Musk, and it's the whole <laughs> NFTs. Like, yeah, uh, well, it's the same thing with Musk. Like, I used to be a really big fan of Musk when I was younger. I kind of like looked up to him as like this innovationist. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm like glad that bastion of humanity. It's not hard to find out that he's not a big deal. Like no. he's not what he, what he's not what even he that makes smart. Himself out like he came up no. with PayPal, but he kind of like, he stole that and he, he didn't make his own money. His grandmother owned an emerald mine mm -hmm. for his mother in South Africa, which you got to utilize slave labor. Basically. Yeah. And then he basically like used his money to like, just start up all these other businesses, right? Hiring other smart people to figure out the stuff for him. It's this sort of and all those his ideas aren't even that good. Like mm -hmm. the boring company, it's just essentially adding another lane to traffic. It's just underground, you know. Uh, yes. So that what is that in? Is that in Los Angeles? Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a single. It's a tunnel for a single vehicle. Right. It's a single lane underground tunnel and a Tesla. Which are known to combust yeah. more often. Well, I, I won't say more often. I mean, you know, sure, it's rare, I guess, technically, but like it happens. Right. I mean, you damage a lithium battery like that and they catch fire. Yeah. 
like that. You so you get you damage a gasoline engine, it just stops. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, you're you're in you're in a Tesla, which is known to sometimes explode yeah. in a single lane tunnel. Yeah, with no emergency. It's just not a good idea. And I think I said this on the last show, like as it is currently, right. It is a status symbol and nothing more like whatever good having an electric vehicle is doing for yeah. the, the earth. There's just not enough of them out in the world for it to that, make enough. And the technology impact. needs to update a little bit better. We need better yeah. battery technology. specifically. Mm-hmm. There's some promising like someone, whoever can figure out how to rapidly produce and consistently produce graphene are going to mm. be freaking loaded because that's what you need. It's, Good for is that energy. a synthetic material? No, it's no graphite. Yeah. Single atom thick layer graphite. Okay. And it's a superconductor and it has all these like properties. It's good for, <laughs> it's a conductor. It, you can use it for batteries, mm. like the uh, way more dense and infinitely rechargeable version of like our modern batteries. I see. Yeah. I, I, so, I do remember like hearing about graphite slash graphene and yeah. um, how that's if you like just, the next big thing. If you just take a lead pencil and just draw on a sheet of paper, then take a thing of um, scotch tape and just pull it over it, you mm. technically make graphene. Okay. It's just not very refined or good graphene. Oh, I gotcha. I was like, well, let's, I'm going to go to Staples and buy some pencils and I'm going to get on the ground floor of this. I mean, you told me <laughs> I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be the next. <laughs> I will give kudos to like, as far as Elon Musk, I will give kudos to SpaceX because they genuinely have like innovated on like, t- yeah, tell me about it. Because I, again, it's just like anything that Elon Musk is associated with, I kind of automatically am like, yeah. So SpaceX, I think they're actually doing a good thing. Okay. Um, they are genuinely innovating in a smart way, not just like a new way on space travel, which I think is something that we've kind of gotten lax on since we landed on the moon. Okay. Um, it's kind of bringing more attention to it, which I think is really cool. They finally have government contracts, which is a really good sign. They're the first private space company to actually have a government contract with NASA. Okay. Um, they were able to actually take astronauts to the ISS. Um, and I think they had a return shuttle for them as well, uh, which is huge. And they've cut the the cost of space travel by at least a half, I think up to a third, uh, by having their rockets be reusable, which... Mm, yeah, that's true. So I'm not really all into like the Mars colonization thing. That's, yeah, see, that's what I associate it with is this, yeah, this billionaire space rush. That's, yeah, that, that I'm not really old. I don't think it's viable. Yeah. There's not really anything we can do with our modern technology to terraform Mars, like yeah. Elon Musk says we can. Um, he says that you can like melt the poles and you create enough, like melt CO dry ice, create CO2 to create yeah. a greenhouse effect. There's not enough there. Yeah. And even if you do, Mars doesn't have a magnetic field. Mm. The radiation from the sun will kill you. Yeah. Um, so unless you want to build a really big magnet, which I guess you could do that with like, but then you're just stuck living in bases. It's right. Just- exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, the technology to terraform is literally like future sci-fi. I mean, yeah. colonization maybe within our lifetime but like, I could it's see not going to be like having a, like well, we don't even have moon bases like I don't right, think yeah, that's we would ever be able to get like Mars bases anytime yeah, soon yeah. Uh, technology would have to improve probably a long ways off but I just don't yeah. think the technology is there it's, it just it grabs attention like the thing with yeah. with the boring company and Tesla's like it grabs the attention but the actual like results that we're getting from just like lowering the cost of space travel I think that's pretty cool 
Well, fair enough. Credit where it's due. Thanks, Elon. (laughs) (laughs) Now keep your hands off my Twitter. Yeah, yeah. No, the idea that, yeah, big tangent there. But the idea that he can, like, have a huge say in what Twitter does terrifies me. These public platforms, obviously, they have to make money, which I get. But, like, I hate the fact that it's getting more and more corporatized and less out of the hands of the people. Yeah. Like I remember when YouTube first came out and it was wild. It was so great. <laughs> it was just chaos, <laughs> like physicalized. Like it was yeah. so yeah. fun. And now it just feels corporate. You cannot watch five minutes of a YouTube video without watching like 15 minutes of an advertisement. Ad block. Yeah, I know. I watch, it on, I watch it on my PlayStation. Oh, fair enough. Chris. So like I'm generally speaking, you can obviously put an ad block on your on your router. Mm. It's a little more complicated, though. I keep forgetting that you're in IT. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep assuming that you're like journalism or communication. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this kind of is about like computer stuff. But hold, it was very nice to meet you. Yeah, you absolutely. You taught me a lot about um, spaceships. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going to stop it now and then I'll clean it up and make it sound pretty later. Sounds good. I think it already sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs>